I'm gonna trade my earthly home for a better one, bright and fair. Christ left to prepare a mansion for his children in the air. I'll join him in that land where tears, no sorrow can be found. And I'll receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. The weather there is always fair, there is sunshine day and night. No cold and no rain will fall there, for the sun shines ever bright. I'll need no heavy garments, I'll just wrap my robe around. When I receive my mansion, mansion, robe, robe and crown. Getting the buttons all out of place today. Uh, good, good afternoon. Uh, it is Tuesday, January thirtieth, two thousand eighteen. I love that song. I can't help but join in and singing that. That's uh, acapella's uh, mansion, robe and a crown. If you didn't get that. Um, it's a good song. I like to bump in with it and bump out with it at the end of these videos. Uh, speaking of these videos, as always, I want to encourage you to share this video with your friends and family here on Facebook. Make sure you, uh, when you do share it, uh, mention something that you learned from the study or what you're learning, as it were, as it were, <laughs> uh, through this study so far. Uh, we are in Matthew chapter 17 today, as we're continuing our our weekly. Bible or daily Bible readings uh, throughout the, the the main part of the week. Uh, this week we are reading through Matthew chapters 16 through 20, and again, as I said, today is Matthew chapter 17. So yesterday, uh, in our study on Matthew 16, we talked about how it was kind of a transition from from the healing and the and the the casting out of demons and and the uh, the ministry that Jesus was bringing to to Israel and the surrounding areas uh, at that time. And we're transitioning more into um, Jesus foretelling uh, what's about to happen to him about the end. And of course, we're going to be uh, eventually kind of edging into the last few weeks of Jesus's life uh, as we wrap up the book of Matthew. Um, for most of the gospel accounts, many of them focus pretty heavily on those last several weeks of Jesus' life, uh, with just a few glimpses of, of the early ministry uh, in there as well. And so, like I said, we're going to start kind of transitioning into that. And today, Jesus is going to provide uh, his disciples and, of course, us and those around him with some more uh, foretelling of what's going to happen, but also a little bit of encouragement uh, for his disciples, as well as some encouragement for uh, himself that he receives uh, as well. So let's jump in there. Uh, Matthew chapter 17. All right. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to him Moses and Elijah, talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise, and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. 
And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. And the disciples asked him, Then why do do the scribes say that first Elijah must come? He answered, Elijah does come, and he will restore all things. But I tell you that Elijah has already come. And they did not recognize him, but did to him whatever they pleased. So also the Son of Man will certainly suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. So we have the transfiguration of Jesus. Uh, so a lot of people always want to know what, what's the trans, what's transfiguration mean. It just means he's he changed in likeness. Uh, he changed from, uh, seemingly from, from what we gather here in, in, in Matthew's account, that he changed from merely a man uh, in, in appearance to a glorious body. His face shone like the sun. His cl- his clothes uh, were bright as light. Uh, you know, there's there's clearly some, some imagery here that, that we see. And when I hear those words, I think of glory. I think of just... Uh, just glorious imagery, and it's kind of what I picture heaven to be like. It's just this bright, shining, um, wonderful place, and and Jesus kind of took that on uh, when they were up on the mountain. Um, God, of course, uh, speaks again of Jesus and says, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. It's something that we heard earlier uh, when Jesus came up out of the water from his baptism with John. Uh, But God adds in, uh, a little little tidbit there. He says, listen to him. Right? Uh, Acts chapter 3, verse 22. Uh, as uh, I believe it's Peter uh, is speaking and uh, teaching. He says in verse 22 of Acts 3, uh, Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. So that's something that I think uh, is tying into Jesus, of course, and that God specifically says God appears before uh, these uh, chosen apostles uh, that came with Jesus and tells them to listen to Jesus. Now, if you weren't paying attention to Jesus before and seeing all the signs and believing that he was who he says he was, of course, Peter has already said that. We talked about that yesterday because he confessed that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the God, Son of God. And and so he he has that belief, but God God then comes forth and says, "This is my son. You're right. Listen to him." Uh, and then uh, Jesus says, "Rise and have no fear." So the first thing that they're told after God says, "Listen to him," is rise and have no fear. Something that they did at the moment, but uh, later would still continue to have fear, uh, especially in the days leading up to Jesus's death, and even the days after. Jesus' death until, of course, the Holy Spirit comes down. Uh, the next part of this, uh, which is interesting, uh, is the fact that Jesus commands them to not tell anybody um, about what they have seen until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. And from all accounts that we have, they complied with this. Uh, and you know, people have asked, well, why do we have this documented? Well, they talked about it after Jesus had been raised from the dead, and Matthew recounts it and, and writes it down. Uh, and so, um, you know, this, again, this isn't chronological. Um, Luke tends to write more in a chronological order. Matthew is just putting these things into an account and trying to line them up as best as possible because Matthew himself was not present at the transfiguration. 
said it was Peter, Andrew, or I'm sorry, Peter, James, and John uh, that were there. Uh, the last part, of course, comparing uh, John the Baptist with Elijah. The prophecy said that Elijah uh, would be the one that had to come. Um, that's uh, Malachi. Uh, I believe Malachi uh, 4, in which that's discussed there. Uh, and Jesus says, yes, the prophecy is true, and it has already come. But they did to Elijah, they, they did to that, that uh, messenger, uh, whatever they wanted. They killed him, just because uh, a girl wanted it. Um, and so he says, so also the Son of Man will su certainly suffer at their hands. So there's the first um, foretelling of, of what Jesus um, was actually second, uh, because the first one is the Son of Man was going to be raised for the dead, at least in this reading. He's already foretold his, his coming death in the previous chapter, but in this, this chapter, this reading today, we have two instances of Jesus uh, foretelling his death and his resurrection and ultimately the suffering that would occur around that. Um, but it doesn't stop there. He continues with that. So verse 14, when they had come to, came to the crowd, a man came up to him and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son. For he has seizures and suffers terribly, for often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. You almost get a sense of annoyance or, or just, um, what's the word I'm looking for there? Uh, it's a... Uh, uh, trepidation maybe uh, I don't know if that's the right word but annoyance I think is a good word uh, that just you you hear that in his words it's just kind of weary yeah there's there it is he's weary of, of of this generation as he says so the the man brings the boy to Jesus and Jesus rebukes the demon and it came out of him and the boy was healed instantly then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said why could we not cast it out Jesus said to them because of your little faith for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So it would appear that the disciples, or the uh, yeah, the disciples that uh, that this man brought the boy to, were not Peter, James, and John. Um, and the reason I say that is because in, in how Matthew writes this, it seems like they came down from the mountain and then they came to the crowd. And so the other disciples had been down there uh, and were unable to, uh, to heal this, this boy. Um, and, and Jesus rebukes those disciples and says, you know, rebukes their faith, their, their lack of faith, rather. Um, and we get the teaching of the, the faith like a grain of a mustard seed. Um, you know, I, I think this teaching is, is, a, is a wonderful teaching. It's a teaching that gives hope. Um, but I think it's also a teaching that's kind of misunderstood and mis misused sometimes. Um, you know, I think having a little bit of faith is good, but it doesn't accomplish a whole lot. It's a good starting point, um, just as a mustard seed is a good starting point for the plant that it ultimately grows. Um, but the whole point of faith is that it starts with a little bit of faith and it grows into a tree, a, a tree that bears good fruit. Uh, and that's the point uh, of being a Christian and being a disciple of Jesus is not to not to continue having a little faith. Because if you just have a, a little bit of faith that the size of a mustard seed uh, your entire life, and that's all it ever gets to is just that little tiny piece of faith, then you're not bearing any fruit. You haven't grown. You're still 
a little bit of faith. Um, and so uh, Jesus says, though, that, that having faith like a grain of a mustard seed, um, you'd be able to move mountains. Um, and, you know, again, uh, in those days, in, in, in the, the audience that Jesus is speaking to in terms of the disciples, um, he's telling them that, metaphorically, that they don't even have that much faith to be able to cast out a demon. Um, so they need to fix themselves, if you will. Uh, verse 22, As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. And they were greatly distressed. So again, Jesus foretells his death, uh, and much like Peter before, there's this sense of dread, uh, of terror, and, and probably some misunderstanding or, or confusion around what Jesus is saying, or disbelief uh, that, that this could happen to the Son of Man, that this could happen to to Jesus. Um, but alas, Jesus says it's going to happen. Verse 24, when they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax went up to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the tax? He said, yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first saying, what do you think, Simon? From whom do kings of the earth take toll or tax? From their sons or from others? And when he said from others, Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. However, not to give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up. And when you open its mouth, you will find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for me and for yourself. So, what is this teaching that Jesus is giving us here? So, <clears throat> uh, the tax collectors come to collect the tax from Peter and Jesus. And uh, it would appear that, that uh, you know, Peter tells them that, yes, Jesus will pay the tax, um, but um, Peter doesn't really understand the whole concept of what's going on here. And so Jesus explains, tries to explain this to Peter, um, almost in parable form, but not really, using a real-world example uh, of, of the metaphor of kings collecting tax. So kings in that day would collect tax from the people, but the kings themselves and even their family members would not be taxed. Uh, it was kind of a... A benefit of being uh, a relative to the king. Uh, but what Jesus is saying here is that the sons are exempt from having to pay the tax. And so this is actually Jesus comparing himself and teaching Peter that he is the son of the king who is God. God is the king and he taxes those who are not his son, but Jesus is his son and so he doesn't necessarily have to pay this tax. But Jesus says, not to give offense to them, we're going to pay the tax. And he gives Peter the means to go do that. Not actually taking from their own money, um, for which we don't know if they really had much. We know that there was a treasury, that the disciples had some money uh, at some point. But not to take away from that, Jesus tells him to go fish. That's what Peter does best. Peter's a fisherman. So likely takes a, a hook and a pole from the, from, the, uh, from the house that they were in. He goes to the sea, catches a fish, and pulls up a fish that has a shekel in his mouth. So why would a shekel be able to cover the tax for both Peter and, and, and Jesus? Very simply, uh, the term shekel, the Greek word that's used there is stator or stater. Uh, and it is a silver coin that was uh, popular in that day. And it was worth four drachmas. Okay, So four drachmas would cover the cost of the true drachma tax tax that was intended for both of them. So that coin would suffice to pay for Jesus and Peter. 
Now, some would say, well, why didn't Jesus just tell the tax collector that he's the son of God and, and God is the king and I don't have to pay this tax because I'm the son of God? Uh, well, the tax collectors wouldn't have got it. Plain and simple. Uh, the, the, the sonship of Jesus was not well known uh, and would not be well known uh, amongst the people for, for s several more weeks, months, or even years, depending on when this um, occasion occurred. But ultimately, Jesus says, I don't want to offend, and I don't want to cause undue attention around this, and so we're going to pay that tax. And that, interestingly enough, is what Jesus continues to teach on in the next chapter, which we'll look at tomorrow in chapter 18, and talking about um, warnings about giving offense to others. So we're going to look at that tomorrow when we get into that chapter. So that's it for today's uh, reading and, and brief study of Matthew chapter 17. I want to encourage you, if you have any questions, please make sure you ask those questions in the comments section or you can reach out to us directly. You can email me at minister at loveland.church. If you have any questions about the church, the Loveland Heights Church of Christ, or uh, about what it means to become a Christian, we also want to uh, speak to you about that and, and give you the proper guidance of what the Bible says about those things. Uh, and you can find that, uh, or you can email us about that at info at loveland.church, or you can just visit our website at loveland.church, and you can see uh, a lot of information about the, the, the household of God that meets here, uh, but also you can get uh, follow-up uh, sermons that we've done in the past, as well as the previous studies that we've done throughout Matthew, every chapter we've done so far in the book of Matthew, up to chapter 17. And tomorrow, as I mentioned, we will get into chapter 18. Uh, and you can see those uh, lessons there on the website. You can also subscribe to the podcast through either iTunes or Google Play, whichever one works best for you. Ultimately, though, we want to uh, offer up our assistance to you if you if you have any need that we can assist you with. Uh, be it through prayer or study uh, or comfort, we're here to help you with that. And of course, you can always reach out uh, with uh, to us uh, privately if you desire on Facebook through through messages, uh, or you can email us at info at loveland church. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Be blessed, and uh, and hope to see you all tomorrow. Take care. Left to prepare a mansion for his children in the air. I'll join him in that land where tears, no sorrow can be found. And I'll receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. The weather there is always fair, there is sunshine day and night. No cold and no rain will fall there.